Uh, big news yesterday. Netflix loves us. They really do. They have chosen Toronto for their Canadian corporate headquarters. And there's no address has been set for the Toronto office. But they say that a temporary site is expected to open late in the summer, followed by a permanent location downtown. And Netflix has not really revealed how many people will be uh, working there. But it looks like they're going to open up uh, to about 10 to 15 people to start. And uh, it's a big first step for this streaming giant in the country. Here to talk about it, Jim Mercopoulos, friend of the show and vice president of Cinespace. Welcome to the show. Good to have you back, Jim. Thank you. Great to be back, Kelly. Thank you very much. So how big of a deal is this for Toronto Netflix choosing us for their Canadian headquarters? It's it's a pretty big deal. We definitely beat out uh, Vancouver and Montreal, who are, who are, who are both in the running. But um, I also want to remind the listeners that, you know, the Netflix flag has been flying here since the summer of 2019 when their production when their production hub opened in Portland. So for almost two years now, they've had a, a critical mass of studio and support space that they control 100 percent. But this corporate office, it's a new level of affinity towards Toronto. OK, well, before we get into what's been going on at the hub, I can understand Vancouver being considered for the uh, corporate headquarters for Netflix, I don't get Montreal. Is it a bit of, is it an up, up and coming powerhouse when it comes to movie productions, Montreal? Oh, those are the top three in terms of content uh, creation from U.S. studios are Toronto, Vancouver, Montreal. So those three would naturally have been considered. I think it was in the end down to Toronto and Vancouver, however. Why do we beat out Vancouver in your opinion? Listen, I think Toronto is just an underrated city uh, when it comes to all levels of uh, production and life in Toronto. And COVID aside, this is an amazing city for creators, uh, artists to be to be living in for six months at a time as their as their TV series uh, or their feature film project unfolds. So I think that's why we beat out Vancouver. To be quite honest with you. So you mentioned that we've had a, a Netflix hub in the city for a couple of years now. Maybe you could break down the purpose of that hub and how this headquarters, this Canadian headquarters based in Toronto, is going to help. Right. So uh, the hub, we've already seen um, Netflix original content be, be pipelined into the hub, so to speak, um, including the Queen's Gambit, including a TV series coming up very soon called Ju- Jupiter's Legacy, which will be a big one for Netflix. So that was the purpose of the hub. Give Netflix a critical mass of studio and support space that they can control 100 percent. So it's on their chart of global cities. Toronto's on, on the top of their chart of global cities to bring content to uh, when, when it's time to actually, you know, hit the green light and produce it. So that's worked very, very well. Um, this, is a, that's, this is also very organic, though, to choose Toronto um, because Netflix has been coming into Toronto for almost a decade now. Uh, net, in, t- in 2012, Netflix brought only their second ever original series to Toronto called Hemlock Grove. The first one was House of Cards and the next one was Hemlock Grove. So for almost a decade now, Netflix has relied on the people, the crews, the locations, the infrastructures. This is a very, very organic and natural development. We beat out Vancouver because of all of these things. So it's a continuation of what they know. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and they love Toronto. And and more importantly, Netflix is winning the war for eyeballs. They continue to be the big spender. In less than five five years ago, in 2017, they spent just under $9 billion on content. In 2021, they are projected to spend over $19 billion content. So $10 billion increase in less than five years. And now Toronto will get more and more of that share. 
Yeah, and the government is now uh, mandating that the streamers put together and start to promote Canadian-made shows. Are we going to see more things that, uh, like, will we see Netflix um, talking to the people that they have established relationships with coming up with their own storylines? Or will we see Netflix here on the ground in the city hunting around to the traditional networks trying to buy shows that they've already had some success with, like um, Schitt's Creek from CBC? Exactly. You just nailed it. The corporate office means new opportunities for Canadian creators. And this has already begun last summer before we even knew about this, uh, this announcement. Netflix launched a call for Canadian uh, story pitches. And I don't know, probably thousands of people submitted. I don't think we've seen the end point of that process, but that was amazing to see Canadians from all over the country submitting their pitches to Netflix. And we're going to see more and more of that. But it also means that Creators that are based in Toronto will be able to literally walk in the door and pitch their ideas and their content. Um, I'll give you an example. There's a Canadian production company that had the rights to the Stephen King novel in the tall grass. And so they one way to, to produce content for Netflix is to go to Netflix and say, I can produce this, uh, this uh, feature film for you as a Netflix original for so many million dollars. And Netflix, if they like the team that you put together, if they like the cast and the director, they'll say, yeah, we, we'll buy that from you if you can produce it for this price. And then, of course, the producer tries to, uh, to create it here in Toronto um, for a profit, obviously. But that's, that's the kind of opportunity that people will be able to walk in the door with. So I, I encourage creators that if they've licensed content, if they've gotten the rights to certain books or comic books that they like, this is the time now uh, to pitch it to Netflix. Are the we going to see... Yep, Sorry, if I could just interrupt, but I want you to keep a pin on the other opportunity because I'd like you to get to it. Are we going to see a lot of Canadians then starting to scramble, uh, looking around for the rights to the, that haven't been bought to their favorite novels? I think that makes sense. I think it does make sense. This is, you know, this this war of the platforms will go on for a couple more years still. And look, I mean, look at Handmaid's Tale, uh, a Canadian novel that uh, you and I were probably forced to read as part of Canadian literature growing up. And it sat for a long time. Uh, MGM, you know, intelligently picked up the rights to it and thought it would make a great TV series. Now look at it now. So that's Canadian content streaming all over the world. Um, meaning not, and not only was it a Canadian novel, but it's actually shot here as well. So it's, it's mm-hmm. helping the, the Canadian economy as well as Canadian culture. So, yes, I think that there will be. Uh, a call or a mad rush, as you say, for for people to 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 uh, um, get the rights to novels, gra- graphic novels, comic books, stories that they like. And I al- always encourage film students. By the way, we have lots of great colleges and universities with film programs in Ontario. I encourage them to make their ten minute calling card movies. Max out the parents' credit cards. Go make that calling card film. This is your opportunity to really uh, to really produce with Netflix. Isn't that kind of dangerous, though? Because people could, you know, put it together. You know, I saw, uh, Jim, I had a lot of friends in Ryerson's film school when I was going in for radio and television arts. And some of the student features or just like shorts were absolutely painful. However, the ideas looked really good on paper. Is it kind of damaging to say, hey, um, like, shouldn't you have a better pitch than an actual visual? Because if you're not there yet, if your skills aren't there yet, but you're an idea person, couldn't you be shooting yourself in the foot? Yeah, I think the visual medium is the way to get the idea across, however. And I'm not, I'm not okay. saying you spend $100,000. I'm saying send, spend five or $10,000, make it look really polished. At the end of the day, Netflix will either say, yes, come on board, help us make this, or here, we're going to cut a check for your idea. We love it. So um, I just encourage, you know, Canadians are great storytellers. We don't give ourselves enough credit. And this is really an opportunity for us to to excel. The other opportunity I want to touch on, you mentioned Schitt's Creek. I also want to bring to your attention Kim's Convenience, uh, 
Uh, Kim's uh, Schitt's Creek had more of an organic end to the storyline. Kim's Convenience could have kept going. And mm-hmm. in the past, Netflix has shown um, a liking uh, for opportunities to grab new eyeballs. For example, mm-hmm. the Kiefer Sutherland series, Designated Survivor, was abruptly canceled by ABC a few years back. And Netflix saw that it was a show with a pretty decent uh, rating, good good audience numbers, and they decided to pick it up in, I think, what would have been the, the third or the fourth or fifth season. And that means that shows that we think that maybe the life is over because Canadian broadcasters have given up on them. That means that they might have a brand new life to them. Uh, under this new opportunity. So I want to highlight that uh, for people as well. And lastly, so, uh, yeah. Guillermo, del, Guillermo del Toro, who's in town, he very soon... I Again! Hope, yeah, yeah, he's in, he's in, he's in town with a, a, a horror anthology that will film at the Netflix Hub. And he very soon should be getting his Canadian citizenship papers. So that content mm. will very soon be considered Canadian content. And by the way, that future pipeline he has in his brain of all the other crazy and scary stories he wants to tell that will all be Canadian content at some point in the future. So all that's of really interesting converging together. It bodes very, very well for our industry. As you as you remember, Kelly, we were $2.1 billion employing 40,000 people pre COVID we've muddled through COVID um, and, and, you know, with lots and lots of testing protocols and procedures, which, which we've discussed before we managed to make, uh, the film and TV industry, one of the success stories of COVID. Now with Netflix, um, you know, focusing their corporate attention here, that will just mean our recovery will be even stronger. We're talking with Jim Micropolis, who's friend of the show and vice president of Cinespace. Jim, let me ask you about this, because I think this is a question that that bears answering here. When, when it comes to Canadian stories, you said Canadians are really great storytellers, but are we really great at telling other people's stories, not our own? Because when I look at s- successful Canadian shows like Schitt's Creek, I think, well, that isn't really a Canadian story. I mean, that could be set anywhere and, and it's left to be, you know, interpreted. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I mean listen, uh, look at um, Big Fat Creek Wedding when it came out, right? Couldn't that, couldn't that movie have stood in for literally any culture? any European or I've even heard people of Indian descent saying, you know, that's totally my family. So mm-hmm. our, our stories, you know, it's up to Netflix and to the, the senior executives to take a story and say, well, this could play in multiple, multiple countries. And of course, when we, when we pitch as creators, we have to keep that in mind. We're now a global community. But what I mean, what I mean to say is that our institutions, our colleges, our universities have done a really, really great job training us to be good storytellers and also to be great technicians. Remember, it was only a couple of years ago that Handmaid's Tale won a bunch of Emmys and Shape of Water won Best Feature and a whole bunch of Oscars. You know, Canadians are very, very, among the very best at uh, creating content. And that will play out um, with, with new Netflix attention. Why do you, I know that you have to go, but why is it that you think we're so great at creating content? What is it about Canadians? Are we just, do we have a wicked work ethic or what is it? I think, we, I, I think a Canadian, Canadians can relate to people. You know, okay. we have, we have um, a total huge, massive melting pot of international community members here. Um, stories have become more universal since that has happened, since immigra- the immigration waves. And we have a, a whole generation of indigenous storytellers that haven't really been given their fair shake to tell their stories as well. So I think, you know, the sense, the Canadian sensibility, like I disagree when Justin Trudeau, we said there's no Canadian identity. I think there's this very strong Canadian identity and it plays out through our stories. And we haven't even seen, you know, the golden era yet. I think the golden era of, Can- the golden era of Canadian content is coming now. Jim, Chris Creston, uh, my producer uh, who puts this show together, told me you have to get out of here. Can I ask, where, where are you going? What exciting shoot are you off to? I'm on, I'm on my way to the office. 
to try to uh, help continue to help the, the gang there muddle through uh, all the COVID protocols. And we do have a couple of uh, projects that are coming to an organic end in Toronto. And I'm trying to, to move the pieces around the chessboard, trying to figure out uh, who's going to move where and who's going to get what studio next. So it's a bit of a busy time, uh-huh. but uh, we'll have some pretty cool announcements of some new shows landing in, in Toronto very, very soon. All right. Well, we look forward to having you back on the show and I'll let you go play Queen's Gambit. Have yourself a fantastic day, Jim. <laughs> I love it. I'll try not to drink. Take care. Have a good day. All right. Cheers.